Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. It's mentally yours from Ellen and Uh, focus on your mental health, you surely won't regret. It's mentally, 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 mentally yours. Mentally yours. Mentally yours. Hi everyone, and welcome to Mentally Yours, Metro.co.uk's weekly podcast. I'm Yvette. And I'm Ellen, and this week we're recording in the Metro.co.uk offices. Ooh. It's a fun change because yeah. the table at Bills was booked. So before we get started chatting to this week's guest, um, let's have a little listen to last week's. Oh my God, I'm literally <laughs> imagining him in a dark room on his own. Like, that is the saddest thing. I kind of lo- love um, cock carousel though. I love cock, cock carousel. That's beautiful. I think that's really, yeah, no, I totally agree. He should be a writer with that kind yeah. of imagery. Have a listen to our previous episodes on iTunes or SoundCloud. And while you're there, feel free to give us a review. That'd be great. And also follow us on Twitter at Mentally Yours YRS. But this week we're talking to Chloe Brotheridge, who is a hypnotherapist and the author of The Anxiety Solution. She's also experienced anxiety herself, so she knows her stuff. So, does having anxiety yourself give you more of an insight into treating those with anxiety? I probably didn't realise it at the time, but I was probably anxious as a young child probably I don't know I guess it's called shyness before it's kind of called anxiety as a child so I was probably just very shy kind of hiding behind my parents had kind of one close friend that I kind of stuck to um, a lot throughout school but probably the worst bit of it began when I was 15 and I started having panic attacks and then things sort of changed after that Um, I don't know if it's the same for everyone I've heard a lot from my clients that it is but when you have a panic attack and you think you're going to die I don't know, I felt like I've almost a, a switch had been flicked in my head and I just wasn't really the same after that. It was almost like this possibility had opened up that things could go wrong and that I could lose control and that I could just feel so horrendous. And I think that made me feel very scared of that happening again. I didn't really understand it. 
Um, and it took me, I was probably about 24, 25 when I actually got some help and kind of started having therapy and started pursuing things that were supposed to help. And so it was a long time of kind of just suffering and ups and downs with feeling anxious in different ways over those kind of 10 years, really. You literally just, just described my exact experience, I think, which yeah. is really strange, especially yeah. the whole switch where you're like, oh, bad things can happen mm. and like I could die and other people could die. Yeah. Um, yeah. How did you start getting help for it? Yeah. So when did it start? Probably I met my boyfriend um, about eight years ago when I was probably 24, 25. And I had a lot of um, anxiety come up because of that relationship. I'd never really had like a proper relationship before then. I'd always just been quite anxious and needed alcohol to be normal and very kind of socially anxious and just found relationships really difficult. And then with this boyfriend, suddenly I felt, I don't know, we, we I was opening up and it became a serious relationship and it brought all this stuff to the surface that I knew I had to deal with and if I wanted to have a relationship and not like completely push him away. So it was, yeah, because of that really, it just kind of reached a bit of a head and I started to have therapy I had a few kind of false starts with therapy where I kind of had one session I was like no this isn't for me I can't do it it's too uncomfortable to have to talk about stuff um, so I had a few false starts and experimented with a lot of different things like meditation and different exercises and things like that um, so it was a bit of a process kind of starting when I was about 25. What are the different approaches that work for you? I don't think it's necessarily there's one kind of silver bullet necessarily I think sometimes you've got to hit it from a lot of different angles so I've tried a lot of different things um, I'd I actually listened to hypnotherapy recordings and that helped me a lot hypnotherapy recordings they're very relaxing and I was like oh this is a really nice feeling then I trained as a hypnotherapist and that was helpful just talking about things was incredibly helpful for me because I was very repressed I never I don't know I just kept things to myself I had all these worries going on that I never really told anyone about and felt kind of very ashamed of the way I was and thought oh there's something wrong with me so just actually being able to talk about that and have someone say actually you know this is you know you just got anxiety you're a normal human being it's okay um, and learning to be open about that helped me a lot really I think not being so repressed um, meditation I know I don't know if you talked about this a lot on the podcast already, but I'm a big fan, big, big fan. Totally seem to change my brain and we rewire my brain a lot. So I love that. Mm, yeah, I think yeah. everyone is recommending meditation. So I need to finally get you on it. You need to get on this. Go. You need to get on this. I think it's because yeah. if you try it kind of half-heartedly, it doesn't work at all. Mm. And then you get put off. Because I think every time I've tried, I've sat down for three minutes, my brain's kept going mm, and yeah. I can't switch off. And then I just like, okay, I won't do it again. Part of it might be something kind of simple, like just finding an app or, a, you know, some some programmers with someone's voice that you like, maybe. Because yeah. I get on with, yeah. I know I get on with the Headspace app just because... I, I just like Andy's voice. So that's a, that's a good start. That. So it's like, and also I like the little cartoons. So, but you know, that's just me. And I know there's quite a lot of different, um, yeah, meditation apps out there or just ideas for sort of doing it on, on yourself maybe. Mm. I don't know, because you might, you might get on better just with a sort of non-guided. I think the guided might help better. I think when I do it on my own, my brain just wanders to weird places and it doesn't work very well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think mm. same with hypnotherapy as well. Like, I definitely found it a lot more helpful having someone guiding you through than trying to do it myself. 
how did you get into hypnotherapy and start learning about hypnotherapy? Yeah, so I think I, I think it maybe was an app or maybe it was, I don't know if it was Paul McKenna or something like that, but I'd found some MP3s that were for confidence and for relaxing. And I, you know, with recordings, you actually have to listen to them a lot. You have to listen every day for a few weeks to start to get a result. And I did start, it didn't, it wasn't kind of this massive, massive change, but it was a bit enough of a change to think, wow, this is actually something that can be helpful. And I was working as a nutritionist in the NHS at the time and um, realizing that kind of stress and anxiety and I don't know, self-esteem stuff seemed to be at the root of a lot of people's problems. And I was like, right, we need to address address kind of food and eating stuff with, you know, psychological kind of interventions rather than just telling people what to eat. So I originally thought, oh, well, I'll end up doing that for weight loss or something. But I went down the path of, yeah, stress and anxiety because it had helped me so much with that and I could relate to it. So started to see clients for that more and more. How does it play into diet and eating? Well, I thought I would use it to help people to lose weight yeah. hypnotherapy but I ended up just seeing people more for anxiety and, and things because yeah. I could relate to that a lot more no just what you were saying about um how long people that came in with issues ah. you said were actually just blamed on psychological yeah so I was I was working in weight management in the yeah. NHS in Essex and people would tell you their stories and you know so much of what they were talking about was trauma from their past and deep kind of emotional things or you know, it's not necessarily, oh, you can just tell someone, oh, stop, stop eating this, eat that. Actually, I thought uh, there's this trauma and stress aspect to it that is mm. so integral. And I just, yeah, thought a psychological way of tackling it would be quite interesting. Yeah, so, that is yeah. interesting. Yeah. And then how do you actually start learning how to do hypnotherapy and be a hypnotherapist? Yeah, yeah. So it's a bit like, I don't know, if you're going to train to be a counsellor or something, you do a diploma. So I did a diploma in... London and practice on literally everyone I knew and lots of strangers, um, which was always very interesting to start off with. Love it. Were there any times when it just doesn't work and it's a bit embarrassing? Uh, it's never, it's never embarrassing. It's not that it doesn't work. The thing is, I think people had this funny idea about hypnotherapy that it's this kind of mystical state where you know you're either in hypnosis or out, and it's a trance or something. But it's really not like that. It's almost when you're experiencing it, it feels a bit like daydreaming. It's a bit like zoning out in front of the telly where you're kind of half watching, half not. And it, it's such a natural state of mind that it's not this kind of special thing. So everyone can get into hypnosis. I'm never thinking, hmm, I wonder if, you know, this person's going to be hypnotized. Um, of course, like any type of therapy, it's not a miracle cure. I don't get 100% success rate like no one does because that's completely impossible. Um, but I never think, oh, they're not going to get into hypnosis. That's not the, not the concern that I have. Mm, that's good. I just imagine training and then trying for the first time. Yeah. And it just not really going correctly. Yeah. And being really like, this is uncomfortable. I'm just yeah. going to back out of the room. Yeah. Which is fun. What's the actual training process like? How yeah. does hypnosis actually work? Okay. Okay. So it's about quietening down your conscious mind. So your conscious mind is the surface level of thinking that you know, if we're overthinking, that's a conscious mind. Your subconscious is actually where all your thoughts come from and originate from. And it's kind of almost like our programming from different experiences in our lives. So, you know, the things you're told as a kid, the beliefs that are instilled in you from school or from family life, it's all kind of subconscious programming. 
and that creates your automatic beliefs and your thoughts and feelings. So in hypnosis, we're quietening down the conscious mind and it allows your subconscious to be able to listen and tune in and take things on board much more easily. So it's kind of a way of reprogramming the subconscious, essentially. Um, it's very interesting. It's very interesting. So when people are in this sort of relaxed state and you're kind of talking to their subconscious mind, um, what kind of things are you telling it? Because I think some people yeah. are probably maybe a bit scared of it because they think, well, you'll be put under, like you see people on stage, mm. and then somebody might tell you to act like a chicken or something. Yeah, yeah, I haven't, I haven't done that, but most people will mention that. Most people mention that. Um, you can't really be made to do something you don't want to do. And also in a therapy session, obviously it's, you know, I'm taking it very serious and it's not the same as stage hypnosis or anything like that. Um, so what do I say to people? I mean, sometimes it's about identifying stuff from the past that is at the root of people's issues. Because mm. we've all got baggage from the past. And I find with anxiety, I mean, with anyone, there's always something from your childhood or from school or something that a teacher said to you or, you know, you had a really critical dad and you really took on board, you know, this self-criticism because of that. So sometimes it's identifying those important aspects from the past that are kind of at the root of what they're dealing with and then you know telling them more positive things about that so you know about being kinder to yourself and you know more encouraging rather than critical for example um, so that's one example how do you find that out though because I mean are you actually having a conversation with someone when they're in that sort of relaxed state or are you just sort of feeding more positive messages to them yeah so Usually in the first session, it's just me talking because mm. um, it's a bit daunting to ask someone to speak out loud at the first session. So it's very relaxing. I'm just, you know, we'll have a discussion at the beginning of the session about what, what they want to get out of the session, a bit about their history. So I'll build the session around that. And then maybe on the third session or something, I literally just ask people, you know, you're almost asking the subconscious, you know, what's at the root of this? And you get this it's, it is it is strange but it's not scary it's not kind of a repressed memory or something you know you just get this clarity and you think ah you know what I'm just remembering this time when I was six and my teacher told me off for this and I've you know I've forgotten about that but I'm just remembering it now and you know you just get that clarity and um, then we work with that that memory that might have come up um, mm. in the session and they you know, sometimes I do something where I ask people to imagine talking to their six-year-old self and just reassuring them and, you know, giving them a hug and telling them it's going to be okay. And it's quite a healing thing to do. It's really powerful. Um, and you get that insight as to why, why you are the way you are, essentially. So it's interesting. And I've done it a lot myself as well, and it's been really interesting. You can do it in self-hypnosis and kind of figure out stuff from your own past, what's at the root of things and... Is yeah. that what you've done? Do you do hypnosis to yourself? Yeah, I do it to myself, yeah. How yeah. has that helped you deal with your own anxiety? A lot, a lot. Um, I like to do this thing where I imagine... Because your imagination is powerful, and actually the way we think and feel about things is due to the pictures and the words that are in our heads. And if you can change those pictures and words in your heads, it changes your experience. So I like to do this thing in the morning where I turn down the negativity and I turn up the positivity if I'm not feeling that great about Monday or something or maybe I turn up the confidence if I've got to go and do something that I'm you know maybe nervous to do I turn up the confidence and that's kind of a visualization and it sounds 
a bit silly maybe but it really works it really works for me <laughs> yeah and i think it's about even though it might sound weird mm. if it works mm. in your brain then that's yeah fine. yeah so i encourage you to try it at home yeah why does hypnotherapy work so well for anxiety specifically yeah um i think part of it is because it teaches you how to relax and i can't i mean i've lost count of the people that say and probably every client actually says to me, I never relax or I don't have time to relax or I find it really hard to switch off. So that's probably one of the things I hear the most. And during a hypnotherapy session, you're pretty much guaranteed to relax. Um, so you're almost teaching yourself, actually, I can do this. This is possible for me. And it, I often have people say maybe they struggle with meditation in the past and they experience kind of going to that deep deeply relaxed state that actually they can meditate after that because they know actually yeah I can quiet my mind I can switch off so that's a big part of it um, another thing I find with anxiety is that it's all about I suppose looking at the future and thinking about all the things that could go wrong you know we're not going to cope this is going to be a disaster we've got that sense of dread about situations in the future and what I often do in hypnotherapy with people is actually get them to to imagine the future going okay and imagine how actually you will handle that challenge and how you know no matter what you are going to cope with it because that is the truth we are going to cope with whatever happens and the anxious mind makes it seem like we're not but it's about kind of being more positive about the future i suppose so that's another sort of key thing that i'll do with people to you what's the difference between um just being anxious and anxiety Ooh, good question um I suppose everyone probably gets anxious from time to time. You might get anxious about a big presentation, or you might get anxious about a job interview or something. But if you have anxiety, that's a mental health issue that I suppose should be diagnosed by your doctor. And it's much more than just, you know, it's much more than just being nervous or something about a job interview. It's being nervous about everyday stuff. It affects your life, it affects your relationships. Um, it holds you back from doing things. So. I suppose maybe an anxious and kind of nervousness maybe get kind of confused sometimes. Um, but probably most people can relate to that, that thing of, oh, you're nervous about, you know, a job interview or something. But a lot of people don't understand actual proper anxiety. A lot of people yeah. can't, really, can't really understand, oh, snap out of it. Oh, what have you got to worry about? And that sort of thing. Mm. So I think there is, yeah, distinction there. And panic attacks, obviously. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah, definitely. I think like we're facing kind of like an anxiety epidemic like it seems so common especially among women to have anxiety why do you think that is at the moment i think i think there's a lot of reasons i could probably go on and on about this i'll try and, try and think of a few things so firstly our brains are different to men's brains we are more reactive to stress so our amygdalas so it's part of the brain that's creating the fight or flight response it gets triggered more easily. So we go into fight or flight more easily. So that's just a different sort of biological thing. Um, I think there's, I know men, I'm not trying to discount men's issues at all, um, but probably the pressures in terms of, you know, the way we look or pressure to have it all and kind of juggle a lot of things is probably more for women or different. Um, you know, there's that thing of, putting other people's needs first. I think I'd, I've heard this on the podcast, you kind of mentioned mm. this idea about Emotional how- Emotional labor. Yeah, so we're, the, we're expected to put other people before ourselves and we're not very good at taking care of ourselves as, as a general rule as women. Um, so I think that plays a big, big role as well. 
And definitely. And I think at the moment, kind of modern culture with all the technology we're facing as well, that's probably having an impact right now. Because mm. I think it is, I don't know the stats, I don't know if it is necessarily on the rise, but it seems like we're talking about anxiety more and more. Yeah, yeah. although I'd like to think that element of that might be because people are talking about it more so in the past I think a lot of people might have had it but it was just something that people sort of it was brushed aside like they maybe went to the doctor and got Valium and didn't talk about it whereas now you've got um, people like Zoella saying very openly she has anxiety and then because she's spoken about it a lot of people are more confident in talking about it maybe yeah I think you're right and there's a I suppose there's a word for it rather maybe in the past you would have been neurotic or something or yeah maybe there wasn't yeah it wasn't diagnosed as well. yeah I think women used to talk about their nerves Mm. I'm sure in my nuns era as well it was just like oh my nerves are playing up so yeah interesting and then Valium was a huge thing I think with that sort of thing but yeah 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 but I'm sure I mean I know social media is the thing that's always talked about but I think it does play a role and it's this what I see all the time is this issue of perfectionism and thinking that you need to be something that that you're not and kind of self-esteem issues being at the root of things and just never feeling good enough and I think that is a lot of modern life kind of makes that worse and just puts loads of pressure on us all so I think that plays a massive role Mm. and also for me just to rant about myself um just being able to constantly access like work emails constant news alerts kind of always being aware of all the bad things that can happen i think when you have a naturally anxious brain it's difficult to switch off regardless of that Mm. and then when you actually have breaking news alerts coming through it's quite scary yeah just technology in general i mean i don't have anxiety but i'm i'm quite an anxious person and just sort of all the apps you sort of get sort of drawn into and sort of all the alerts like you say sort of bad things going on or just Mm. generally it doesn't even have to be anything bad but just the kind of constant expectations on all these different social media forums and apps and things to kind of respond and kind of take part rather than just being you know do one task in the you know in the real world it's quite can be a bit overwhelming I think Mm. Mm. yeah it makes you you're quite buzzy well that's what I find if I turn my phone too much I'm more buzzy and it's hard to focus and you've got just information overload and the other day my phone just started I didn't change any settings or anything but news stories started popping up news alerts and like I was being told about all these things going on and I was just I don't Mm. I want to be in control of when I choose to find out about what's happening because I might be Mm. not feeling that great or you know trying to focus on something else and then it's kind of just a bit of a bombardment sometimes yeah they're designed um, as well it makes me quite cross I mean obviously they're designed to do this the people that design them for you to interact as much as possible mm-hmm. even right down to the sort of they know the right colours that will make you click on something and sort of the way to sort of it's all designed so that you'll just engage with it more and more and more mm-hmm. but it really does kind of eat into your into your life as well if people are feeling anxious and they would like to maybe get started on hypnotherapy What's a good kind of starting point for them? So I would suggest starting with an MP3. I've got one available for free on my website. It's karma-u.com forward slash free. And it's about 25 minutes long. You can put it onto your phone. You can listen to it in bed. It's completely safe. It's very relaxing. And you get a taste of kind of the, the sorts of, feelings that you get when you have hypnotherapy and the sorts of effects I recommend listening to it maybe every day for a couple of weeks Mm. Um, also there are groups that you could join I mean I do events around London there are lots of 
events, I'm sure, around London that aren't mine as well. Um, or seeking a hypnotherapist, you know, maybe asking for a recommendation from someone that you may know who's had it to get to get someone that you can kind of trust. Um, but yeah, MP3s are probably the easiest access point. And are there any kind of self-help techniques that you could learn from hypnotherapy? Well, I suppose one of the things, which is probably something that's on the Headspace app as well, is the body scan. Mm. So I sometimes suggest this for people who, I don't know, maybe you get anxious going to bed or as soon as your head hits the pillow, that's when the kind of overthinking starts. So you just scan through your body. So you start at your feet and you just imagine that your feet are relaxing and you imagine all the muscles in your feet are relaxing. And then you kind of scan your attention up your body and imagine each body part one at a time kind of from your ankles up your calf muscles you imagine every body part relaxing and it just brings you into your body which takes you out of your head first of all um you can let go of any tension that you might have been holding onto your, your body you know during the day um you're distracted away from kind of worries and it's just a really nice way of kind of winding down so that's one technique that people can use at home mm, i like that one mm. it kind of surprised me when i started doing that because and also it surprised me because like there was I felt I could sort of feel that there was tension, there was stress in different things, especially things like my my stomach and stuff. But also it just made me realise that um that I'm not aware of my body at all generally. <laughs> like when I started doing it, I was just like, Oh, I think maybe I've just been felt like I'm just a floating mind generally because I was just like I just didn't have any sort of awareness of anything that was going on. It's, yeah, it's it's like, oh bizarre, my shoulders really. are really tense. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah, exactly. I do mine when I've sort of woken up and I'd be like well, that's really weird because I've just been supposedly relaxed or sleeping, but actually I've got all these things. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing how much tension we, we're holding on to, like our stomachs constantly constantly pulling on our tummies all day. And then when you suddenly think, oh, stomach can relax, it's like, oh, that's nice. That's, nice definitely, where I get, that's definitely where I get my anxiety and not anxiety, anxiety, but just like feelings of anxiety mm. um, and sort of nerves generally is always the stomach. I think mm. that's a fairly common thing. Like I've heard people write and talk about stress tummy before and when they've said that I've been like yeah stress tummy that's definitely that's yeah. definitely a thing yeah mm. yeah I work with a lot of people with IBS and yeah. that's it's not always caused by stress and anxiety but very often you know lots of people hold on to their stress in their stomachs and there's so many neurons in your digestive system and it can really affect your digestion and yeah just make make it not not very good I suppose maybe one thing one sort of one thing I'd be interested to know is when you're working with with the clients sort of giving them hypnotherapy mental health is sort of a, a journey isn't it but when do you know that they've sort of had enough really like how do you know mm. when they're oh, you can't really talk about people being fixed but how do you know when a, a, someone's had enough or like is it, how does it work do they just yeah. sort of say well actually I'm fine now or yeah yeah I mean it is I think it's a continuum yeah um you know mental health is a continuum isn't it and for me it's about progress I don't I never talk about curing people because I think that's you can't cure someone's mental health because we've all, we all got mental health mm. um, but I suppose it's about progress and usually people find that, that they make kind of this steady progress week by week and it's a little bit of a change every week or something um, it tends to be short term it's not like counselling that can go on for months and months it's I usually see people maybe six sessions or something um, and then usually people feel like oh I've made some good progress after mm. that and kind of tend to leave it there it's not the sort of Thing that you keep going back to again and again and again and I always record the sessions as well so people have kind of got that to return back to and they can kind of revisit that so yeah I don't like to keep people too long send them on their way send them well, on that's their way. really interesting I didn't realize it was that sort of shorter 
a treatment. Mm, yeah. 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 Also, if you want to be a hypnotherapist, do you have to naturally have a very soothing voice or do you get trained to do that? <laughs> <laughs> That's such a good question. Um, it's just a born you know, you're just born with a special ability <laughs> to have a really monotone voice when you want to. Um, no, I think, I don't know, no one really, when you're training, no one even mentions, oh, you've got to do this special voice. You just start to find yourself going into this thing. I don't know, you almost, when I'm, when I'm working with a client, I almost am hypnotizing myself at the same time because mm. the things that you do with your voice, I don't know, it's just through practice, you kind of, make certain intonations and go kind of low at certain points and it has effects on people and you just learn by kind of watching people basically and practicing that your voice can kind of have certain effects on people but yeah it's not like a natural ability although maybe if you had like a really high-pitched voice it's not the career for you yeah. I don't know there <laughs> don't must know. be some people they wouldn't be right for like Janice yeah. from Friends oh, or yeah. who else there's, there's just be someone there. shrill yeah 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 I think you have to be quite comfortable with the sound of your own voice as well because you must have to listen back to recordings of yourself. Yeah, yeah. Is that strange? No one's, no, I think no one's comfortable with the sound of their own voice at first and then you just get over it after you've done it a few, a few times. But yeah, I've got over it by now. Some this is goodbye from mentally yours. So go away, enjoy your day, get on with all your chores from mentally, mentally, mentally. Thank you very much to Chloe for that. If anyone's interested in hypnotherapy and would like to try it for themselves, we're actually bringing out a special bonus episode where Chloe gives us a 15-minute hypnotherapy tutorial. Yeah, and she's absolutely promised me that she won't be making us um, act like chickens. If you've been affected by any of the issues that we've discussed this week or any mental health issues in general, please contact the Samaritans on 116-123 or go to their website at samaritans.org. If you haven't already, please give us a review and also follow us on Twitter, which is MentallyYRS. Thanks very much to Sam Bonham, our producer, and to Lucy Baker, who does our jingles, and to Chloe Rutheridge for chatting to us this week and giving us some hypnotherapy. Also, before we go, we've got some exciting news, haven't we, Ellen? We do have some exciting news, and I'm very proud of it, but I'll allow Yvette to introduce it. So we've been shortlisted, Metro.co.uk has been shortlisted for a Mind Media Award, so we're extremely excited about that. That covers... Um, all the mental health content that we do on the website, um, Ellen's fantastic series, which is called Getting Better. Thank you. And also Mentally Yours, which obviously you're listening to now. Um, and all my fantastic bloggers who I have writing about um, various different kinds of um, mental illnesses. So, yeah, yeah. Pretty, pretty excited about that. Very excited. And also, I think just proud of the fact that these awards even exist and we're in the yeah. same category as so many people who are doing amazing mental health stuff because I think a few years ago that wouldn't have been you know a thing and yeah. now you've got major publications and loads of writers doing brilliant things for mental health yeah and I'm glad you're a part of that yeah it's very exciting I looked at the, the list and I was just like wow this is yeah, brilliant like, these are proper people doing yeah. proper things and we're one of them yeah and we get to go to a glitzy event and wear fancy shoes so that's nice exactly Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, 
HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.